Is there a supernatural dimension? A world beyond the one we know? Is there life after death? Do angels exist? Can our dreams contain messages from heaven? Can we tap into ancient secrets of the supernatural? Are healing miracles real? Sid Roth has spent over 35 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural. Hello, Sid Roth here. Welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural. You know, in the early 70s when I became a believer in the Messiah, there were books on end-time Bible prophecy, and people were reading them, and they were so excited. Well, guess what? That generation now, there's a new generation, and they need to get just as excited. But this new generation has something more going for it than when I first became a believer in the Messiah, and that is end-time Bible prophecy is happening so quickly that we've got to get this show live. As When I say live, I mean live, live, because news is happening so quickly in end-time Bible prophecy. Now, my guest got a hold of a hidden element in end-time events it's a war that most people have missed, and it's about ready to happen. Can you picture telling your neighbor that doesn't know the Messiah yet what's going to happen, and next week it's in the headlines? You're going to hear it right now. What, what I want to know, Bill Sellers, is... Why does a nightclub musician get so interested in God? I mean, you tell me that at this point you can't put a Bible down because you're, you're studying these things. It, it, you have almost a compulsion to do it. What caused you to make that switch? Well, it was a, a process of sojourning, going through some healing crises and things that the Lord navigated me through to a church one day. Uh, through a, quite a process where someone was teaching Bible prophecy out of the book of Revelation of all. And it just captivated my attention. And when I get into something, Sid, I really get into it. I become obsessed with it. I was a businessman at the time after being a musician. And I realized that the Lord knows the end from the beginning. Only the Lord knows that. As a matter of fact, he says that in Isaiah 46. Only he is God declaring the end from the beginning. And, and only he can do that. So what fascinates you so much about Bible prophecy now? I mean, as you said, it's almost a compulsion. Well, it is because I'm watching it unfold on the news. And I try to be very careful about reading the scriptures and not doing newspaper exegesis, as we would call it. But it's so glaring right now. The current events that are going on in the world right now connect into the prophecies of the Bible, especially with Israel. The super sign of Israel becoming a nation in 1948. God has big plans for little Israel, and we're seeing it unfold in light of the Arab Spring, in light of the deposition of certain Arab leaders, and all these things going on, Sid, the Bible prophecy right now 
is for our time. And I'm concerned that we need to get this message out that there are prophecies that are about to happen soon and sequentially that are world-changing events. And that's what I'm trying to get. And, and most people don't comprehend this. These predictions were written thousands of years ago, and they read like today's newspaper. For instance, at 9-11, you got a jolt. What happened to you? Well, I had been studying the Arab-Israeli conflict in the Bible. For some reason, I was drawn toward that. And when I saw that happen, and of course, I, the, the world and the country had questions. Does the Bible speak about this? Is this Armageddon? And I'll be honest with you, I was a little saddened to hear that there weren't a lot of answers coming out that I, I could really sink my teeth into, except one pastor had come out and said, you should be watching this Russian-Iranian inv invasion of Ezekiel 38. And to me, I thought, well, that's a great answer, but that's not what happened. This was yeah, about what does terrorism. Russia have to do with what happened at 9-11? Nothing. This was about terrorism, the ugly byproduct of the Arab-Israeli conflict, of which the Bible speaks volumes about and tells us what's to follow. And so I just I dove in from that point forward into just studying every possible connecting prophecy actually to a psalm that I found, a Psalm 83 that talks about an Arab-Israeli war, a climactic concluding Arab-Israeli war. Now, tell me what nations are involved in Psalm 83. Well, we go by... Asaph wrote 3,000 years ago this psalm, and of course he didn't have back then Jordan and Hezbollah and Palestinians. Who he was referencing in the vernacular of his time would be Lebanon to the north of Israel, and of course you have the Hezbollah there with about 50,000 plus rockets. You've got Syria, you've got Jordan, you've got Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and of course the Muslim Brotherhood are inside of Egypt now on a rise. You've got the Hamas, and, and it seems to be the first uh, participant mentioned is the Palestinians, the Palestinian refugees known as the Tents of Edom, uh, listed first in that Confederacy of Nations. They come together, they form crafty council, they say they want to cut the nation of Israel off, that that Israel can be remembered no more. So you're telling me that this Psalm 83 war is not Ezekiel 38-39. Uh, it is a different war. Is that what you're saying? I do believe that's it. I actually do. There's for various reasons for that. One is you've got different population groups. None of the groups I just mentioned are involved in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Ezekiel speaks of an outer group of nations that don't even share common borders with Israel. Russia, Iran, Libya, Ethiopia, Ethiopia Turkey, just to name a few of them. Those are not the nations I just listed for your audience. The, the, these are the nations of Psalm 3. Also, Russia's motivation to put their coalition together is for plunder and great booty. The Psalm 83 motivation is to take the pastors of God for themselves. They want another Arab state. They want a Palestine. They want the promised land. Also, it, Russia is defeated by God divinely. The Lord defeats Russia through fire and brimstone and an earthquake. But it's the Israeli defense forces, I point out in my teaching, that is instrumental as the tool to stop the uh, Arab advance against now, them. Well, you know what's so amazing to me? While Bill is getting this revelation on the Psalm 83 war in Ireland, a, a supernatural thing event, event occurs. Uh, tell me about it briefly. Well, that was amazing, Sid, absolutely. It, it, it happened right in the middle of that war that Hezbollah and Israel was conducting in the summer of 2006. It started early July, went on into August. And on July 26th of 2006, in the midst of that war, an Irish construction worker was digging in a project in Irish bog soil. Now, that's muddy bog soil. 
And, and he was digging in there and, on a project and he found some antiquities and parchments that had been buried for almost a thousand years, maybe even 1,200 years. And it was a bunch of the books of Psalms. And they were really fragmented and dilapidated and they're in a museum right now. But one Psalm was unblemished. It was open in place. Guess what that was, Sid? That was Psalm 83. It's the only Psalm, it's the only place in the Bible, actually, out of 1,189 chapters, out of 31,300 plus verses in the Bible, where you will find Hezbollah and Israel pinned against each other in a war. It happened to be exposed and revealed. It could have been found in the 6th century, the 7th century. No, it was found right in the middle of the heart of that 34-day conflict. Well, that's amazing. But what's even more amazing to me, Bill, is how does something sit in mud for all these generations and not be totally decomposed. Well, and this was no archaeological dig with toothbrushes. This was excavations and bulldozers. The odds of this, this psalm remaining intact over those years under those conditions in the mud, I mean, it may as well have been floating out in the ocean. I mean, that's how remarkable uh, that is. Listen, this Psalm 83 war is imminent, and we'll explain why. I mean, it could happen as you're listening to us right now. Don't go away. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural. Bill Salas has uncovered an ancient prophecy written over 3,000 years ago. You must be ready and protected from what is about to happen in America and the world. Call now and get this must-read book and three-part DVD prophecy teaching series by Bill Salas. Psalm 83, The Missing Prophecy Revealed. How Israel Becomes the Next Mideast Superpower. For a gift of $40, shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9171. Bill Salas uses images, maps, tables, and charts in his DVD series and book to help you learn about the soon-coming Arab nation conspiracy to wage war and attempt to utterly destroy Israel. Find out America's role in Bible prophecy. Understand how to receive protection from God's judgment warnings affecting the economy, natural disasters, lawlessness, and devastation. Look, I can tell you what's going to happen to Iran. I can tell you what's going to happen to Damascus. I can tell you what's going to happen very shortly because it's written in a book that I have that tells me the future. You must call now to get this vital book and the three-part DVD prophecy teaching series by Bill Salas. Psalm 83, The Missing Prophecy Revealed. How Israel Becomes the Next Mideast Superpower. For a gift of $40, shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9171. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9171 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We now return to It's Supernatural. So few people realize that there is a war before the big Ezekiel war we read about. It's different than that war, and it's called the Psalm 83 war. Now, Bill, you spent 11 years researching this. Why? Well, to be honest with you, it was very hard to find any prophetic commentaries of Psalm 83. Most of the commentaries were traditional, talking about it being an imprecatory prayer of lament. 
And so I thought, no, this, this is a prophecy with a, a, a legitimate confederacy, a contemporary confederacy that comes together with a very explicit purpose. And if you read Psalm 83, that's exactly what it says. And so I was fascinated by this, but I had to dig deep into what the other prophets had to say. In my teaching, I write about Psalm 83 and the prophets because there's a, a lot said about it. There's over 100 verses that I found that speaks about Psalm 83. Ezekiel 38 and 39, one of the most descriptive prophecies in the Bible, is only 52 passages. But Psalm 83 has a lot more passages involved with the very populations I mentioned earlier, Said, And I do believe that this war, we could wake up one morning real soon in light of what's going on in the Middle East. Okay, tell me, tell happen. me why you say that this war is imminent any second now. Well, because I've been watching, you know, we should have been watching this ever since Israel became a nation in 1948. The attitude that is embraced in Psalm 83 with the Arab population. But, but wait a second, this is an ancient hatred. This is not some Johnny-come-lately hatred between Jews and Arabs. And that's why the international community cannot resolve this conflict. They don't understand the roots of it. Long ago, when Abraham was promised the Abrahamic covenant, a land, a, ch a promised land, a chosen people, the, the, those around him, the patriarchs and matriarchs, you had uh, Hagar and you had Ishmael and all those old Bible Testament characters that coveted the rich contents of the Abrahamic covenant, and they harbored a hatred. The Bible calls it an ancient hatred. It shows up a couple places in Scripture. And, and when you put the words together, the Hebrew words together, it's a Hatred that stems way back long ago, perpetuated throughout time with no end in sight. It's cancerous, Sid. It requires a surgical removal. That's why you can't put peace together, Arab-Israeli peace. Right, what are you real. seeing that causes you to believe this war, war is imminent? The, the enemies listed that I just told you about in Psalm 83 that have been really warring against Israel in 1948, 67, and 73, they are armed and dangerous. They have never been more united as a force, especially in light of the Arab Spring, Sid. Uh, all the leaders are in place right now. This could not have happened without the Arab Spring. I concur. You had, uh, even though Mubarak of Egypt was a dictator and, and Muammar Gaddafi had all kinds of problems in Libya, and you can list all the other leaders that were deposed or, or assassinated, but they were keeping the peace with Israel. But look who's left behind. Ahmadinejad in Iran, Hassan Nasrallah of Hezbollah in Lebanon, Bashar Assad of Syria, now the Muslim Brotherhood with Mohammed Morsi, who that Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt is a big deal, said they were repressed for 40 years, and they now want to unite the Arabs, and they want to march toward Jerusalem. Remember the Hamas terrorist organization, United States terrorist organization, they, they say that about the Hamas. They were founded by the Muslim Brotherhood in 1987, and they have a charter that was founded in 1988. But why is the Muslim Brotherhood so dangerous? Because they're very calculated. They're not like Al-Qaeda that wants everything right now. They have, they, they, they're going to approach this not only from a terror perspective or a war perspective, but politically as well. If you look at what Mohammed Morsi is doing in Egypt now, he's the consummate politician. Why, is, why are they so welcome in the White House with the hatred they have? I mean, they'll never orchestrate a permanent peace. Never. Well, the... President Obama's foreign policy was to be of engagement, to reach out and talk to these places. And the Arab Spring, when it came forward, the liberal pundits thought it was a youth bulge in the Middle East driven by the social networks of Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, and that all these Arabs over there wanted to do was get life, liberty, and the pursuit right. of happiness. And they would step outside of 7th century Islam and state-censored media. But that's not what happened. Right now, you've got a revolution in Syria. You've got a bunch of protests continuing to go on in Egypt. And you've got a leadership over there right now, the Muslim Brotherhood, that has been waiting for four decades 
to come into power right now. It's been planning and calculating this. This is their opportunity, and they're going to take full advantage of it, and they're going to move swiftly in my opinion. Okay, tell me the fate of a few nations as outlined in the Bible in this Psalm 83 war. Tell me a couple of nations of what's going to happen to them. Absolutely, and the Bible is very descriptive about that. Uh, for instance, Jordan, we're told in Jeremiah 49, verses 1 through 6, there's going to be alarm of war in Jordan, and, and Jordan is in Psalm 83, and they're going to be defeated by the Israeli defense forces, and it goes on, it says, and, and Israel will take over its possession. Remember, Jordan is within the promised land that was given to Abraham. Isaiah 19, 18 says that five cities in the land of Egypt will speak the language of Canaan. That's Hebrew, said. Okay. In I, Egypt? In Egypt. Obadiah talks descriptively about, in verses, uh, Obadiah 1, verses 19 and 20, about the West Bank and the Gaza and southern parts of Lebanon coming into Israeli possess possession. Very descriptive. And in my teaching, I point all these scriptures out. But what about they... Iran? What's going to happen there? Well, Iran is very interesting. It's I... hard to find them in Psalm 83. Now, I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, you, you tune in next week. No, I'm just teasing. Please tell me. Okay, well, Iran... <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Iran, you don't have to look very far to find out their future. They are in the Bible in two different occasions. The most prominent one is in Ezekiel 38. Iran is listed in that Gog of Magog invasion with Russia under the banner of Persia. When Ezekiel wrote about 2,500 years ago, his contemporary Jeremiah wrote about Iran also, and he wrote about Elam, E-L-A-M, which is where the Bashar nuclear plant is by the Persian Gulf over there right now. So modern-day Iran on a map was comprised of ancient Elam and ancient Persia. They both had specific prophecies. Ezekiel did not list Iran, Elam, in his. He spoke about Persia, and Jeremiah did not speak about Persia. He spoke about Elam. Very interesting prophecies. I wish we had time to share them with you, but it looks like Jeremiah's prophecy might even be so accurate of dealing with a potential strike upon Iran's nuclear so program. So the bottom line is, from your study of Bible prophecy, do you see uh, nuclear uh, bombs going off in Iran? I think it's possible. There's uh, that Jeremiah 49 prophecy seems to talk about Iran gets struck at the foremost of its might. The four winds from heaven are drawn together, and there's a dispersion into the nations of the world that could be the result of nuclear fallout. I do think nuclear weapons will come into play very soon, Sid. Israel has them, and Damascus, we're told in Isaiah 17, the capital of Syria, will someday cease to be a city. It will be a ruined uh, sea. What about the United States? I want to find out what... God's showing Bill from Scripture about the future of the United States. Don't go away. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural. Our world is rife with comparisons about what separates us. Day after day, we go about our lives with tunnel vision. But Scripture tells us how Messiah broke down the wall between Jew and Gentile, allowing for the creation of one new man, one new humanity. This spiritual completeness is set to usher in the greatest move toward God the world has ever known. Sid Roth has discovered Scripture's key to reaching the Jewish people with God's love. One New Humanity opens the door for God to move in signs and wonders, and all will see the evidence of the invisible God promised in Scripture. At SidRoth.org, you'll find mentoring tools to empower you to share how One New Humanity is critical to bringing multitudes to know God. You'll understand Israel and the Jewish roots of the church and how all the nations of the earth will experience blessings unseen in human history. Log on to SidRoth.org today and learn how one new man is the key to unlocking God's greatest blessings. We now return to 
It's Supernatural. Hello, Sid Roth here. I am fascinated. This has literally been a hidden area until now. It was almost like we were talking about the Irish Dead Sea Scrolls, affectionately called that, where they dug up Psalm 83. It's been waiting for this moment to be revealed so that we would not be caught by surprise. Uh, tell me uh, about the United States of America. Uh, what is revealed from Scripture about this country? Well, that's a very important question right now, Sid. It's on the minds of many Americans. Uh, we're very concerned about the direction of this country. And, you know, all those uh, countries I spoke to you about and terrorist populations in the previous uh, sessions, they're all in the Bible. So we can figure out where Iran is and Egypt and that sort of thing. But where's America in the Bible? See, that's the question. We have to, you know, I'm not going to guess what's happening to America's future. I want to know what the Bible says about America's future. In Me my, too. Yeah, in my, How about you? Do you want to know America's future? We want to know. Well, in, in my teachings, I present the various arguments where the people believe America could be in the Bible. I personally think we are in the Bible. I think we're the uh, merchants of Tarshish and their young lions in Ezekiel 38. But in my studies, Sid, what I find in America, and I'm a radio host as well. I've interviewed people who've written books on this subject. I'm friends with Jonathan Kahn, who's written a book about the Harbingers, concerns about this country. And they're all suggesting that the superpower status of America, what we once were, we don't show up in Bible prophecy. It's hard to find us because something happens to us as a country. And I believe that what we have a very big responsibility to Israel right now. The two predominant things that, that we were called to be a nation for was to be a safe haven for the Jewish people, and we were. There's only over 5 million Jewish people living in this country right now. We were also to be a beacon of Christianity to the world and preach the gospel out there. But our call to be a safe haven of the Jewish people also meant to be part of the reestablishment of the Jewish state, to help them become a nation again. God knew in 1948, when America was a superpower status, that he was going to regather the Jews into the nation of Israel. Harry S. Truman was one of the most pro-Israel leaders at the time. We have a responsibility to Israel, but unfortunately, the last two to three decades, we have been asking Israel to trade land for peace. The very thing in Joel 3, 2, where God says he judges the nations. One of the reasons for dividing up God's land. That's God's land. And the, the Arabs want Israel to recede to its 1967 borders, make Israel indefensible. And this is a real problem that's coming to a climactic conclusion. Now, America... I look at the example of, of Great Britain. The sun used to never set on the British Empire. And when, when the Balfour Declaration came out after World War I, Israel was supposed, the Jews were supposed to be able to come into the land of Israel in what was today modern-day Jordan. And Great Britain, they were given a green light to do that, and they didn't do it. And now you look, 70 years later, the sun always sets on the British Empire, Said. We have an accountability to Israel. We do not become a superpower nation. So we, we could have the same fate as Great Britain for the same reason. The sun is setting on our superpower status right now. And we have an obligation to Israel to help the Jewish people survive because the Lord has big plans for little Israel right now. And we have been given a superpower status for a reason. And we're starting to see our superpower status slip away. The God of money has left this country in 2007. The economy is hoping to recover. Uh, the Arab Spring is, is a nightmare over there. For We don't know what to do. It's, it's very problematic. I'm very concerned for my grandchildren. 
I'm very concerned for the younger generation, Sid. We're watching it happen. And when Psalm 83 happens, I think it triggers the one event that others build upon. Remember Jesus said when in the end times, he's, he likened the birth pangs. He said it would be like birth pangs. In other words, when the end times events start to happen, like a woman give, about to give birth, the, her, her contractions become more frequent and they become more intense and you cannot stop them. Now, I, I have observed something. I have seen that Israel never starts a war, but they always finish the war and they win and they normally have more land. Uh, will we have, will, I say we because I'm Israeli as well as American, uh, will Israel have more land as a result of these wars coming up? I do believe so. I teach this and this is the point. The Israeli Defense Forces today exist in fulfillment of Bible prophecy, and I point out the scriptures where it says that. They are the tool that is used to defeat the Psalm 83 Arab Confederacy. And in the aftermath, under the precedent of their historical precedent, when Israelis win wars, they take land. Joshua did it. King David did it. How much more it. land eventually will Israel have? Israel will ultimately get what was told in Genesis 15, 18, the land from the river of Egypt, which is the Nile, to the river Euphrates, which courses through modern day in Iraq. They have expanded since they became a nation in 1967. They almost tripled their size. They're going to expand into Jordan and into part of Egypt, I believe, after Psalm 83. Ultimately, when Jesus returns, and that's what we need to be watching for, because all this is pointing toward his real soon return, he is going to give them all that land that was promised to Abraham 4,000 years ago. You know what I'm reminded of uh, as Bill is sharing this right now? My wife, Joyce. My wife was raised Southern Baptist, became an agnostic when she went to college and converted to Orthodox Judaism when we got married. And I was involved in pioneering one of the first Messianic Jewish congregations in America and she heard prophecy for the first time in her life. She heard that the Jewish people would always be preserved as a people. We would lose our homeland. We'd lose our temple. We'd be scattered to the four corners of the earth. Every country we'd go to would, would eventually turn on us. Israel would be a modern-day nation. The Jews would be preserved supernaturally. Return, And she came to the point, she said, I've got to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And as you study the predictions written thousands of years ago that are coming true to the decimal point, you will say, I believe Jesus is the Messiah. Bill Salas has uncovered an ancient prophecy written over 3,000 years ago. You must be ready and protected from what is about to happen in America and the world. Call now and get this must-read book and three-part DVD prophecy teaching series by Bill Salas. Psalm 83, The Missing Prophecy Revealed. How Israel Becomes the Next Mideast Superpower. For a gift of $40, shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9171. Bill Salas uses images, maps, tables, and charts in his DVD series and book to help you learn about the soon-coming Arab nation conspiracy to wage war and attempt to utterly destroy Israel. Find out America's role in Bible prophecy. Understand how to receive protection from God's judgment warnings affecting the economy, natural disasters, lawlessness, and devastation. Look, I can tell you what's going to happen to Iran. I can tell you what's going to happen to Damascus. I can tell you what's going to happen very shortly because it's written in a book that I have that tells me the future. You must call now to get this vital book and the three-part DVD prophecy teaching series by Bill Salas. Psalm 83, The Missing Prophecy Revealed. How Israel Becomes the Next Mid 
Peace Superpower for a gift of $40. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9171. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9171 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Next week on It's Supernatural. When you're turning on the radio, you can go to one type of station or another type of station. It's called the frequency. Well, my guest has got a frequency for relieving stress and transmitting supernatural peace. It's like her voice is at that frequency. And you'll see what I know because I've been listening to her worship. Stress can't stand in the presence of that frequency.